It's Thursday. You know what that means. Welcome into Highly Disputed here on WSHC Shepherdstown, the voice of Shepherd University. My name is Dylan Bishop, and with me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? Oh, man. I'm still riding high from Sunday. It was a beautiful day. It was. Not one of the greatest days, one of the greatest weekends of football we've seen in NFL history. Uh, I don't really care about this weekend, to be honest. I'm yeah, that just, one kind gonna, of felt I'm, like... I'm, I'm going to be riding this one well into the offseason. Yeah, well, luckily, we can get into some of the uh, midweek shenanigans that we had, because joining us right now on the phone, pretty sure we hit all the right buttons to set this up, uh, we've got a very <laughs> special guest, uh, the fearless leader of the Bold City Brigade, the general of the clown army, Trent Balky's worst nightmare, or maybe second worst, <laughs> depending on what... Uh, What's about to happen? There's a lot of nightmares going on there. It's the Dillical, Mr. Mr. Dilla. You can find him on Twitter at E underscore Dilla, D-I-L-L-A. The captain of Jacksonville, the mayor of Jacksonville, the governor of Florida, honestly, if we're being real. Uh, how's it going, Dilla? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. So, this has been a big week for you and Jacksonville fans in general. Because we've uh, sort of seen the culmination of this coaching search that's been going on. Uh, I think the early leader in the clubhouse for fans of Jacksonville uh, was Byron Leftwich, the former quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, current Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator under Bruce Arians. And during this week, now you, the uh, the scoop master of uh, Jacksonville, this guy. Just a regular guy off the street, Dilla, right over here. Just a just a man of the people, you know. Real working class, working class hero over here. <laughs> the, he knows we're, we're a working class show. We are, we are. So he knows things about the Jaguars before anything else, before anybody else. And he tweeted on Tuesday night that Byron Leftwich was set to be the next court. Uh, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, and there's been some shenanigans since then. Now, so Dilla, can you tell me where it seems to stand right now because there has been no official announcement. There has been no Adam Schefter confirms that uh anything or this or that, no Ian Rappaport. So, you're the scoops man. I trust you when it comes to the Jaguars before Adam Schefter. So, where's it stand right now? Um, honestly, man, it is extremely confusing. I feel like the news changes by the hour. Um, you talk to one person, and um, the Byron Leftwich deal is done, and they're working on the Adrian Wilson deal, and uh, they're working on exit papers for Trent Baalke. But then you talk to someone else, and they're like, yeah, Byron's agreed to, but they still haven't technically fired the GM, Trent Baalke. So without doing that, they can't technically offer the job to a GM without interviewing, you know, with all the Rooney rule um, and everything going on. So it, it genuinely is a very Jaguars. Um, coaching search, unfortunately, um, <laughs> everything seems to be going one direction, and then all of a sudden it just stops or it completely flips around. Um, if you were asking me if I still thought he was going to be the head coach, I would say yes. Um, but it, everything is just so confusing right now, and, and it really just, unfortunately, it's because I'm a fan of a dysfunctional organization. <laughs> so, so Dilla, for for those listening who who maybe are confused, they're not used to to. To, to guys, you know, working men like us, breaking news like this. They're used to, you know, 
blue check mark Adam Schefter or NFL NFL media insider this and that Jay Glazer. Um, can you explain the best you can without without um, let's say b- betraying any sources or, or, or trusts? What can you tell us about your origin as it comes to the the info you receive and and you becoming this this newsbreaker for Jacksonville? Yeah, most definitely. So it did start. Probably, I can't remember the years because all the years run together, but um, saying that the Jaguars were going to draft T.J. Yeldon in the second round of whatever draft class I was was the first thing I ever broke. So it all started with draft scoops, and I mostly did draft scoops, kind of like um, the people that most people don't prefer on, on the Internet who, like, tweet it, you know, three minutes before you see it on ESPN, and it kind of ruins the experience. And now, like, it's the expectation, but think, like, you know, five, six years ago, and that wasn't, like, you know, Twitter was getting into its big, big prime, and you were just kind of ruining or making people's days. Um, so that's where it started. It, my first big story, cool scoop thing that I uh, broke was, uh, I don't know if you guys remember when Jalen Ramsey had his whole saga, it all started with his back hurting, and um, a day after not being able to practice because his back hurt, I got wind that Jalen was jumping on an airplane and flying across the country uh, to California to hang out with some other woman uh, while his uh, soon-to-be baby mother was in Jacksonville, like, trying to figure out stuff going on. So that was, like, a really cool first big scoop story I broke was that Jalen was only not practicing and faking this back injury, but he was also spending time um, in California. And then I even got the, the scoop that he would be coming back to Jacksonville, flying out to Denver with the team, but he wasn't going to play. Um, and then he was subsequently traded to the Rams like right after that so that was like the first cool story I got to do so if I recall correctly didn't you say that at one point the Jaguars uh, switched Jalen's driver because they thought that's who was giving you uh, information yeah that is actually correct they (laughs) sent a different driver and then when I um, again got it right that he was on his way back to Jacksonville to fly out with the Jaguars that was I think the first time when they were kind of like oh man we got like we got something on our hands we got to deal with. He's clearly got more than uh, one person. And my favorite thing that I hear about, used to have a buddy who was there, like uh, director of PR, Tad Dickman. People assumed he was always giving me information. So at mm-hmm. one point he called me and he said, hey, Eric, they're going to search all of our phones to figure out who it is. And I just want you to know that <laughs> because if you know someone's going to lose their job over this, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty serious, and I just simply replied, "Do it." I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna ask that. Obviously, if this is gonna, you know, if this is gonna reveal anything at all, just you just feel free not to to answer the question. For sure. For sure. But but right. how how often or how many times, if it's happened, have you heard directly from the organization in terms of, "Hey, you need to stop this," or "We're, we're looking into this" directly from them? Because this, it, they're clearly paranoid and aware upset. of the of the i guess for them it's an issue um how many times yeah. have you heard from them in you know maybe a threatening way um from them directly that was the only time and that was because tad and i had a personal relationship tad and i are cool and we talk about soccer and this that and the other and he would never have risked his job you know what i mean yeah. and that's such like a, an obvious um connection that people could have made but I hear through the grapevine all the time that they're mad, that they're having a business meeting to talk about, you know, who's, who's talking to Dilla, who's leaking this, who's leaking that. <laughs> and the funny thing is, 
for as much as they assume that it comes from inside, I would say like maybe one out of every five or six comes from inside the building. So they, they better pull their telescope out because it's, it's not right under their nose. It's just, I think just people who are in the know can uh, think to themselves, I can trust Dilla with this information and he will get it out to the people. And yeah. uh, it, Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. That, that's exactly what it is. It, it just, you, you start with one story here and now we're, like I said, five, six, seven years into it and multiple people come and talk to you. You become friends with these people. It's almost like a, a cool little therapy session over time. Like it, initially you just, you don't know them at all. And then you become pretty cool friends. It's, it's one of the few good things about the internet. Um, the no, the networking and, and the community that we kind of have is like the, you know, in quote dubbed insiders. But overall, I don't take it that seriously, which is, I think the funniest part of it. Um, I, I still have to wake up in the morning tomorrow and go, go to my regular job. <laughs> yeah. So, so if we can get back to, uh, Byron Leftwich for a second, yeah. uh, this, this tug, this tug and pull through the second interview where a lot of people said the job is his, we just got to go to the negotiating table. Now it's been almost forty-eight hours since then. What do you what do you think this this struggle has been since then? Is this like him? Is this Leftwich trying to get his guy Adrian Wilson in there, and the, the pullback from maybe Shad Khan and uh, Trent Balky himself and other people in the organization? Yeah. So what I understand um, the snag that you've seen reported in, in the media is that in the first interview, Byron Leftwich was okay willing to work with Trent Baalke as the general manager of the Jaguars. When they got to the negotiation table, Byron Leftwich pulled a fast one on Shad Khan and was like, hey, I'm not working with him. I don't want to work with him. I want to work with my guy. And <laughs> that is where the snag came from. Now today you saw, uh, I think his name was uh, Mike Jarecki, who's like an Arizona Cardinal source. He yep. was the first person to say that the Adrian Wilson um, you know, general manager move was in the works happening. Um, a lot of that stuff has cooled off, which is why, like, I don't want to commit to it yet. And I, as I said earlier, there's there's rules that are supposed to be followed. But in terms of what happened with the snag, that's where it came from. It came from, honestly, Byron Leftwich using his brain. He doesn't want to get pigeonholed with Trent yeah. Baalke. And you can't blame him because I genuinely do think that when Trent Baalke is fired from the Jaguars, he'll never have another job in the NFL. That may very well be true. So here's the other interesting thing that I want to know about that you may know about it. I've seen uh, a couple of our other pals that have uh, guys inside with the Jaguars, John Shipley and Demetrius Harvey, talk about what has Tony Khan's uh, role been in all of this? Because I'm seeing stuff from them that he is like the one guy who in this process has impressed a lot of NFL people uh, with his knowledge and whatnot. And it seems like that he c- could possibly be the one that's holding this all together and keeping his dad from mm. uh, jumping ship and you know pulling the plug and going and trying to hire Vic Fangio now at this point is you know, like the, I, the fourth I, guy. I, I will say I will say Tony Khan has referred publicly to his role as being more of like an advisor. Uh, he does some yep. scouting, some analytics type stuff for them. Uh, he, he's he. he tries to minimize his his role with them as much as he can i think Pro- part of that's probably public image and yeah. he, he, he you know he has aw people but um it's it, yeah, b- before I mean, we of, get to your answer i know tony khan has downplayed that, his role yeah of the three entities that tony khan's involved in uh fulham aw and then the jaguars he's least involved with the jaguars um tony khan's role in the past of the jaguars normally he they use his analytic information to sign undrafted free agents and 
A really funny thing is, if you look at the Jaguars over the last couple of years, the best players they've had on their team are undrafted free agents, whether it's James Robinson, <laughs> Alan Hearns, or like a player who had He's a big right. weekend um, this past weekend in the playoffs, Mike Hilton. That was someone that Tony Khan identified and got in and got cut by the Jaguars and went to Pittsburgh, I believe, and had a good career before he ended up whoever he's playing now. Mm-hmm. But it just Tony's biggest impact on the whole thing, it is an advisor role, but Tony understands that Trent Baalke isn't the answer. Shad Khan has a small circle in the NFL when it comes to the, the in quotes, football people in his circle. So over the last, I guess, maybe like 16 months, the only football person in his circle is Trent Baalke. And when Trent Baalke, who doesn't have the ability to build relationships because he's a he's an off-putting human personal like personality wise he's a film grinder so you are now you have someone in charge who doesn't have the relationships to get these free agents in and in the past he hasn't been a good drafter so you you see someone like tony khan who does have say um the biggest thing that i believe tony did early on was he killed the bill o'brien hype asap because that's who, that's who Trent Baalke wanted. That was Trent Baalke's ace. So you can see the <laughs> influence that Tony Khan has in this process, but I don't know how I would label it at the same time. That's fair. I think it sounds like he's just kind of doing his advising, kind of like trying to keep his dad on the right, on the right track and uh, things like that. So that's kind of where that seems like it's at. So I don't know. Where do we – what do you – you got something to ask him, Ryan? Yeah, I was going to ask you because I'm sure you're aware of this. You're in the news-breaking business, um, one of the best out there. <laughs> um, so the, these teams will – you see it with Adam Schefter even. They release little trial balloons. Like they release rumors on purpose to say yeah. uh, this team's considering this guy just to see um, general public reaction. They do this uh, – every single professional sports team does this. Little trial balloons in the media, little purposeful leaks. Do you ever get anything where you think this this feels like a trial balloon to try to gain a reaction from the the fan base because they know you have that type of influence? Um, in terms of the fan base, yeah, I troll the hell out of them on Twitter, man. <laughs> I, I can like you know say like, oh, dude, this is about to be crazy, and I'm talking about the hibachi I'm about to slam, and they're all thinking like, oh my gosh, like what's happening? So, uh, in terms of that, yeah, I mean, and it's fun. They, is something that they're around because when I first started breaking this stuff and I didn't have as many sources, I, I didn't want to get anybody in trouble. So I would tweet through gifts and pictures and people would start figuring stuff out in that because there is that like side aspect of cryptic Dilla, I can tweet something so stupid. I tweeted a picture of a dumpster today and said, what up, Trent Baalke? And it had, like, 300 likes in an hour of trash. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> you ever think about parlaying any type of career into this? I mean, a lot of these guys who break news like this, the, the, the woges of the world, they start, not quite like you, maybe, trolling the public, but they start out, you know, they get a, they have a friend here, friend here, they build their library of sources. You ever think about doing that? Um, No. The complete opposite. It's it's completely fun for me. I don't want to spend um, any time working somewhere with that. I like use as a avenue of entertainment, I guess, like with sports. Um, because even this like whole search, just people texting me that want to know information, whether it be like really good friends or D 
DMs. It, it gets annoying. So I don't know if I would want to have to deal with that every day. And yeah, you, then, don't wanna, like, you don't want to end up like a John men- Shipley or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, not, and, like, not to be disrespectful, but, like, the profession, like, I have my own career. And it would be, a, like, to start out as a journalist or, as you know, someone who works in, I mean, it'd be a huge pay cut, and I don't want to do that. Everybody jokes. It, it's it's a well-known joke. Uh, Dilla works at Target. I do work at Target, but I don't. I I work in property management. <laughs> I have a Target career. I'm I'm not stocking. Someone uh, said the other day, the only thing you know is where the soap is. And I, was like, I don't even know where the soap is. <laughs> That's incredible. It's it's got to be. I you might be one of the only people on earth who has this as a hobby. Like just for yeah. just 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 for fun. I, yeah. I just break news on the side. <laughs> and that's what it is to me. It is just for fun and maybe uh, it allows me to be a little bit quicker than some people because I mean I guess at the end of the day if everyone was just like, Oh, you know what, you got it wrong, you're dumb. I'm never following you again. So be it. I get it. I understand it. I'm just the in quotes fan that knows some stuff. So I understand what comes with it. If it if it all stopped and everybody that tells me stuff stopped talking to me, I would be okay with it because I've gotten the enjoyment out of it. It's just fun. I, I, I'm not trying to parlay it into a career, so I think that's why I'm okay with it. Um, but but like I, I always say, this shit's fun. It's or funny. And and that's like, I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to, allowed to say that. Um, it's, it's okay. That's Nobody listens to this it. show. <laughs> You're good, but um, <laughs> no, that's that's a very beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. And another way to look at it is, you know, you got nothing to lose, so um, you know, just go crazy, break every story that there ever is, and um, dominate the world. Yeah, y- yeah you really like, have some pull. And while I do, you know, like I said, I'm a little bit quicker. I do vet stuff. I don't just like throw stuff out there. I, I think it's important to, if I'm gonna like, you know, try and let people know about something that it is right, and I and I do try to be right. That's a good, yeah, you get, definitely got to, you know, sort out the trash sometimes. Like uh, Trent Balky, sort out that trash. Exactly. That's what's going on right exactly. now. <laughs> so with that, uh, kind of give you a, some time off now, Dilla. We've kept you around long enough. Uh, we'll follow along the uh, the next. The, I'm, sure, I'm sure his phone is ringing off the hook right now. <laughs> it's like you ever notice how, um, you ever notice any time, it's every time, it's only Ian Rappaport. He's doing any type of radio or TV interview during the day that's not for NFL Network. Every time he has to cut the interview right in the middle, he goes, oh, my gosh, guys, I have to break some news. He does it all the time. I think he does it on purpose for the attention. <laughs> he has to. But he has to. But um, that's, that's what I imagine. I imagine you have six cell phones on a desk in front of you. <laughs> They're all ringing off the hook. <laughs> all right. So just as like a we'll play a real quick game, just how many text messages on this 20-minute call do you think I've gotten? I just counted them. Oh, man. T- 21. 33. Whoa! Wow, <laughs> I, I said that number. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to be under or over. Man, yeah, no, you're good. But it's it's honestly getting to the point where I just need him to make a decision because I'm over it. <laughs> honestly, yeah, the, yeah, that's a big thing about the Jaguars. Usually, people get over it pretty quick. But anyway, and that's the thing too. My, they're going to hire someone, and then what's going to happen? They're going to suck. It doesn't matter. Who they hire it's the Jaguars. Hey, you got to have faith. No, it's. I thought he hung up there for a second. I, really, I thought too. I was like, man, uh, we, we would have deserved it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll let you go. We'll follow along with the adventures of Dilla uh, from here forward. Whether it's uh, sending a sending a toaster to Trevor Lawrence or uh, organizing armies of clowns, 
or what have it. We'll see. We never know what's next for Dilla, you know, and the Jaguars in general. But until then, Dilla, we'll let you go. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Hope you have a good one. Um, if you are a Jaguar fan in the area, listening to these boys in this wonderful show, um, check out my podcast. Uh, it's called The Bold Take yes. on all your uh, favorite podcasting outlets. Thanks, dude. Take it easy. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Dilla. Have a good one. That was uh, that was Dilla. You can follow him at E underscore Dilla on Twitter. Uh, fun follow. And, you know, maybe he'll give you some news. He might. Some he memes. Might. Yes, you can follow his podcast at Bold Take Pod. And uh, now that he's off the air, I didn't get to say this while he was uh, on the air, but listen. Adam Schefter. <laughs> if... If the world's strongest man competitions, if these strongman competitions were all about carrying water cooler jugs, this man would be Mark Henry, all right? <laughs> because there's no one that carries water like Adam Schefter. Oh, man. The sources that he's been putting out in these last 48 hours after Dilla and the likes were putting out the rumors that Leftwich was basically on track to be the next coach of the Jags. Unbelievable. Because this man immediately says, well, they might hire... Matt Eberflus, but now he's gone to the Bears. They Then the rumor comes out that they want to interview Nathaniel Hackett. This morning, he's accepted the job as the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. So now the Bears and Broncos have taken their two big guys off the, off the board, and then all of a sudden, Schefter tweets out, you know, it wasn't actually... Uh, it wasn't actually Nathaniel Hackett or whoever... That was getting that plane ride from Trent Balky. It was Vic Fangio. Oh. He tried this last second reveal, number 30 in the Royal Rumble. Oh, Vic Fangio in the 11th hour as rumors are coming out of uh, you know, Trent Balky's demise. I it's probably coming from Balky himself, honestly. If I if I had the guess, I wasn't gonna, yeah. you know, interrogate Dilla too much on that, but he, you know, he might not even know that himself. But <laughs> I mean, he knows a lot of things. But, he might. <laughs> yeah. But listen, Adam Schefter, we talked about it on this here before. That a few times, actually. Adam Schefter's a shill. It's, it's, a, it's getting like, And it's getting ridiculous. Like even even, even Mike Florio in Pro Football Talk is writing that Adam Schefter is a favor trader. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting pretty bad when Mike Florio yeah. is confirming the sources of Dilla and saying Adam Schefter is just saying saying stuff. Yeah. Well, to, I, guess to, I guess to be fair, I don't know if Mike Florio has any allies. <laughs> Chris, it's true. Chris Sims, I think. It is just Chris is Sims. only one. It but, is. Yeah. Adam Schefter is his monthly um, I'm not a journalist moment. That's Though true. He will never, I guess, you know, he'll never claim to be a journalist. So, but that's that's his job. He's He, he essentially works for the NFL, though he's on the Disney payroll at the end of the day. But it's, it's all one and the same <laughs> when you really think about it. So, yeah. Oh, man. The Jags. So, what a mess. I know. As you, well, that's that's a sentence you yeah, can say. Yeah, I mean, you a could lot, say that, but probably and anytime, forever, really. That's true. Even when they were good, it's like, eh, yeah, Bortles, it's like Bortles is quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Then not you know second that second half against the Patriots, but no, oh, we don't need to relitigate that for the Jaguars fans. We don't want them to turn off the second half of the show. But so speaking of coaching hires, we can go through what's uh, what else has happened this week because there's a little bit going on. Uh, it looks like. The Raiders have uh, scheduled an interview with Josh McDaniels, who's expected to. I saw what was it yesterday? 
I got a notification on my phone that said Josh McDaniels is no longer the favorite for the Raiders job. Yes. And I said, when was when was when, when was he? <laughs> yes, when was he? When the did favorite? that happen? I guess if he even never was the favorite, then you you can just say that. There you go. He's not the favorite. Yeah. But so he has an interview scheduled now. Yeah. And then it looks like uh Miami's guy may be Brian Dable, Dable for uh, the offense coordinator of the Bills, which I was surprised didn't end up being the coach of the Chargers uh last year when they could have paired him up with Justin Herbert. Uh, there's looking like that. Then there's still the Saints' job has opened up. Sean Payton has decided yeah. to take a leave of absence. Uh, so there's that going on. No, he's he's retiring mm, until Mike McCarthy <laughs> gets fired. Yeah, yeah. I think he does take a year off. He seems like he wants to take a year off. I think he probably will go do TV because yeah. when you do TV, uh, people see you on TV and go, "Let's hire him." Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys, I'm sure, have already thought about that. Just you know. Looking at their own head coach and saying this guy's terrible, I don't know if Mike. I mean, is is McCarthy gonna be around? I mean, I mean, uh, if they if they do what they did this year, get like get a home playoff game and then lose it, or do worse than that, I I assume he's gone. Yeah, especially if Kellen Moore doesn't get a job and he's still there as offensive coordinator, and you can just plug him in. And I mean, hey, I they did see um, Dan Quinn will be returning as well. Yes, so that's that's part since. There's an assistant staying. Kind of looks like they're going to try to hold it together for another year, but I mean, what has Mike McCarthy shown you ever? I mean, hey, they start like two and four next year, something oh, like out. that. He's out. Interim head coach Dan Quinn, and oh, then God, and then Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore go into the uh, the season, both interview into the off season interviewing for the Cowboys job and other jobs. Yeah, probably they probably win nine games, still get a home playoff game, <laughs> still lose, and still lose. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely tradition. So, and then <clears throat> haven't heard much more on jo- uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Raiders, but I still kind of, I mean, I think that's waiting in the wings. If it's, I mean, maybe this Josh McDaniels thing's happened, but uh, Jim Harbaugh is right there. But that's an interesting situation that I haven't heard much of development in the last week or so. I was ready to come in this week and be like, wow, still no coaching hires. And then the last two days happened. Everything happened. But, which is so nice of them, you know. One thing that happened, maybe maybe there'll be a bad hire ends up in a Friday news dump. They don't want us to really think about it, but we'll see about that. But I mean, the Giants um, haven't hired a coach yet, so oh man, that's still out there. Yeah, where's I mean, I guess you know Brian Flores. Brian Flores is still out there, floating around. I mean, there's still several teams without coaches. There's a yes. lot of teams without coaches this all yes. season, so there's going to be a lot more. I assume by next week, probably at least half of them should be filled. I mean, you can't go that long without a head coach. You just you kind of got to get back after it because the NFL season does not actually really end. Right. Speaking of Jim Harbaugh and uh, the Michigan coaching staff, uh, we went into, let's see, Friday Friday night, Friday evening, the Ravens decided to get rid of Wink Martindale. And uh, so he's gone. Uh, it was kind of a weird situation because everyone deci- uh, kind of assumed if the Ravens were going to fire any coordinator, it was going to be Greg Roman. Mm-hmm. And... We're sitting here six days after they fire Wink Martindale, and he's still there. And I'm kind of thinking that he's going to get a mulligan on the year, considering Lamar Jackson missed the last part of the season. They didn't have their top two running backs when they were running offense, all this and that. Uh, I think you could have done the same with Wink Martindale, given him a mulligan of a year. But I think this is me assuming. Yeah, I don't have any sources on this, but this is me assuming that Wink Martindale, he really loves the Blitz. And I think that really clashed with Harbaugh because they gave up a lot of you know big plays this year and last year 
with a Marcus Peters, the way that he plays corner and the way that Wake Martindale blitzes, loves to use cover zero, give up a lot of big plays. You didn't see as much of that this year. And I think there was probably a clash at the end of the season between Martindale saying, I want to run my defense the way I want to, really aggressive, and Harbaugh said, I don't want to do it that way. And it ended up being a split because it was announced as a mutual decision. A lot of people were like, wow, they fired him, which, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, but maybe it's one of those where he says you're gone, but we'll say it's mutual. But it kind of, I have a feeling it was mutual, actually. They just, they do that not to burn any bridges. It's just like, you know, thanks, but bye. Yeah. It's not bye. Yes. (laughs) We hate you. Yes. But the fans, I'm sure, might say we hate you, but. So I think Martindale is definitely going to get another defensive coordinator job somewhere I, that's opened I've, up. I've seen rumors of him going to, I almost said Oakland, going to Vegas with the Raiders. Makes sense. They said they could pair him with Josh McDaniels. That would make sense. Um, but I guess we'll see how that interview goes. Maybe they pair him with, he goes with the other Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. So then the Harbaugh's just swap defensive coordinators. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of uh, the Ravens, has not been made official yet, but as of yesterday, there was starting to be rumors circulating that the next Ravens defensive coordinator will be uh, Michigan defensive coordinator, former Ravens linebacker coach, uh, former seven years as an assistant under the Ravens, mm-hmm. uh, Mike McDonald. Pretty interesting hire there. Yeah. I mean, Michigan was a dominant, dominant defense, probably I mean, probably the best overall outside of Georgia yep. in the country this past season. So um, you can't really go wrong taking someone from that, <laughs> yeah, that place. The, and also his, his familiarity is probably the thing that really got him the job. Yeah, right? and the, the thing that I noticed most was Ohio State fans going, oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God he's gone. Because, and, and not even worried about whether Harbaugh stays or goes, but it's like, oh, Mike McDonald's gone. That's good news for us. So pretty interesting hire uh we may have to keep an eye on that in the future yeah. for the show because it might there might be some interesting things that come down the line we'll see we'll see stay tuned yep so let's see we talked we kind of mentioned that the bears hired uh was it matt eberflus the defensive coordinator of the colts yes so here's my thing with that i'm i've heard that he has the track record of a good coach he looks like he's going to be a good coach why did the Bears think that that was their best fit? I think what is Chris Ballard still there? He was a, he was a Colts guy, Bears guy. Apparently, he there was a you know big a big endorsement by Chris Ballard that he wanted Matt Eberflus to stay, even though Josh McDaniels uh, decided not to take the job, and Eberflus was going to be his defensive coordinator. He convinced uh, Frank Reich. Mm. that he should still stay defensive coordinator because he liked him so much. And now Chris Ballard, unless I'm getting this wrong, is Chris Ballard the general manager of the Bears? Or he was. He was. He was. Ballard, Ballard, isn't Ballard still in Indy? He's still in Indy? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I believe so. All right, so I'm getting, I was getting the timeline there mixed up a little bit, but <clears throat> ends up Matt Eberflus, the Bears' de- uh, new head coach. Why the Bears should be hiring an offensive-minded guy to go with Justin Fields, should they not? Obviously, <laughs> Matt Eberflus can hire a good offensive coordinator. Right. But then you get the whole issue, something that I've talked about with John Harbaugh, where if you're not calling the offensive plays yourself, if you find a guy that's good enough to get that potential out of your young guy, you're going to have to keep cycling him out because he's going to get a head coaching job. You're going to have to find a new one. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those interesting things, like you're taking a big risk there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's Justin Fields. That's your that's your number one guy, or it should be at least. I mean, if you're the Bears, <laughs> who knows what they actually think? Um, but they just seem to keep making wrong decisions over and over. I guess you know their last couple head coaches were supposed to be some you know great offensive minds. I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know what I don't know. If you're trying to go a, a completely different direction to try to correct things, but yeah, you'd think you'd get the best offensive mind available to develop Justin Fields into a good quarterback because if he's not a good quarterback, you have no future as good as your roster is. I mean, the only the only team right now, I mean, you look at these last teams left, two of them, the Rams and the, the 49ers, are teams who in years past have had success with okay quarterbacks to you know below average ones because – they put together pretty good rosters and are great offensive minds this year. Obviously, Stafford has them at a new level. Other than that, it's, you know, the Chiefs, who are well-coached, but it's it's Patrick Mahomes and the right. Bengals, who, before Joe Burrow, hadn't won anything in 30 years. So, um, if Justin Fields can't amount to anything, you really have nothing going there. So, at the very least, it, you, you might think he's not even the best for long-term head coach, but man, get Justin Fields to be something better than what he's been uh, this year because if not, you're just going to have to restart again for what (laughs) the third time in the past five years, it seems. And they still somehow made a playoff or run or two in there, but the Bears just need to, um, they kind of need to get a grip, which doesn't seem like they're going to do, but we'll see. Maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but you can you can just kind of tell at these hires from the from from the onset. It's just like okay, this guy is probably not the best fit for a team with a young quarterback with a defense who really, if you look at it, the Bears' defense is fine. They've been a fine defense. I don't yeah. think of them as being an embarrassment, but it's so they it's, were elite the as of what like three or four years ago when they had Vic Fangio yeah. uh, there with Khalil right after they traded for Khalil Mack, and then Fangio went to the Broncos. And Khalil Mack had some injuries here and there. Some guys got a little older, Hakeem Hicks, guys like this. And so uh, so it fell off a little bit. But I understand wanting to try to get that back through Matt Eberflus. But, again, I would have gone with, like, you know, an offensive-minded guy like a Dable or Leftwich. I think they interviewed Leftwich, but I think the Jaguars were the team there that was – if they wanted him, they were going to get him. And I think they want him. And I, I mean, if you're left witch and you're going in, you're looking at the quarterbacks, right? Not yeah. that not that Trevor Lawrence was was lighting things up this year, but you think it's still Trevor Lawrence? It's Trevor Lawrence. I'm in Florida. <laughs> yeah, still, it's not the best part of Florida, but it's still Florida. Yeah. And um, just as an organization, you think who's had the who's had the better peak in the past five ten years? You know, who's shown me? You know, even the Jags with with nothing found something, uh, made an AFC Championship. Whereas the Bears, just kind of meddling around, average for the most part, average to embarrassment. So, yeah. um, for him, I don't blame him if he if he does. It, it seems like he's going to take the Jacksonville job. The Bears just aren't for for all their history and glory, um, being one of the you know the original great NFL teams. There's just nothing. Attractive about that organization right now. No. So I guess culture change is going to come in, you would think, but it's still the Bears, and the Bears just seem to be cursed 
Bad um, teams stay bad. Bad teams stay bad until you just. It's usually ownership. Usually is. They, um, they did the thing where they're like, all right, we fired an offensive coach. Let's get a defensive coach. <laughs> I, which is something I said on this show before any coaches were hired that someone would do. Yeah. I said that's a, something that a dumb owner would do is they would, I mean, and they, they fell right in the trap. The only ones that get away with it are the ones who stumble into getting a great quarterback. Yes. And then you see what happens when the quarterback leaves. Yep. So the we'll Patriots, if- you know, the Patriots, the stars align for them. I honestly couldn't tell you how good of an owner Robert Kraft is. No. He was kind of a terrible owner until he got the greatest quarterback and coach of all time. Um, and there is that's, luck, that, and that's there is luck a, that plays into it. And People it, don't want to talk about that. Just luck is part of it. Again, like... That, our, that, tr- I mean, that, that's... Yes, that, that team was, you would say over 20 years, the best team over two decades. Yeah. The best team. But also, at the same time, which is how you win six Super Bowls, and then Brady won a seventh... You have to. They were also the luckiest, and especially the past decade. I mean, yeah. they were just really good in the two thousands. But you know, oh seven, just a great team. Um, man, they have just lucked out time and time again. The it past takes decade. at least some luck to come back from down twenty eight to three in the third quarter of a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, so, I mean that's relying on the other team to do things for you. I mean, right? Matt Ryan ran twenty yards backward and fumbled the ball. Stuff like that. Yeah, and Julian Edelman making one of like. The most improbable catches, just in terms of physics, ever yes. stuff like that, um, and that's that's the luck some teams get for a year. You hear team, oh, this is a team of destiny, you know. Like let's say some crazy play happens Sunday, Joe Burrow, you know, throws a hail mary, right? And we're saying the Bengals must be a team of destiny. I mean, the Nick Foles close, Eagles, close the, the, Joe, the Joe Flacco Ravens, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, at least Flacco was like, you know, had a decent deep ball and like, yeah. Could could, care, could I mean, do enough for a really good defense. If what's his name, Raheem Moore, the safety for the Broncos, plays that deep ball to Jacoby Jones like a normal person, then that ball's incomplete and they probably lose. Yes, and n- none of that rest of that happens. But that's that that thing is that I don't know if you'd call that. I guess you're lucky that he misplayed it, but that's that yeah. luck factor where it's like you just need one or two plays to yep. happen, and the Patriots happen to get it every single year, but. That's the stuff, I mean, the Bears obviously have not been lucky, but they haven't had a great enough team where the luck mattered, so. Yep. That's why they got Nick Foles. <laughs> That's right, they tried to get some of that luck from Nick <laughs> Bring Foles. Bring that luck over, yeah. Yeah, they really, th- I mean, it, it didn't, it's a good It's a good try. But it's now good, you, know, a, you make the connection. It's better than some Colts other defensive coordinator, the Colts had Andrew Luck. I mean, they're just trying and to line things up. who was, who was Nick Foles' offensive coordinator in that Super Bowl? Frank Reich. Wow. Uh-huh. So what it sounds like is the Bears are the contenders. Bears just really love the Doug Peterson Eagles. Yes, <laughs> who doesn't? Honestly, you beat Brady. Hey, Doug Peterson's still out there. He hasn't been hired. He he took last year off, I think, and I mean he's still out there. He he got jobbed. He did. Um, why is he not coaching? I don't know. <laughs> he said that last, when he got fired, it was like why? Why? Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was his fault. And he, I mean, I think I think he. Uh, proactively took last year off. I think he took. I think he was like the Jaguars' first or second interview hmm. this year, but haven't heard much past that for his interviews. I don't think teams have just given up on him. Is he gonna? He's gonna end up being offensive coordinator for the Chiefs again, like he was before. Yeah. Uh, like he oh, was because the enemy's gonna get a job finally. You think? Well, and, and then he comes in. Some, I mean, people are avoiding him for some reason too. I don't know. Yeah. Is that is that one of those where it's like we understand you're really good, but like 
you're just horrible. Because it's been so long at this point. I don't know. Like I get, you know, I get teams are gonna hire the white guy. That's that's it's and that's that, that's that all was, I can think of. That was a good couple years of that. Oh, I got. But now it's he's just so obviously like needs to be a head coaching candidate. Yeah. Unless he is just straight up saying, I like winning here and I yeah. enjoy my job. I make a lot of money. And he's just saying no to these teams outright. That's all I can think I of. Because I mean, obviously, you know, he's not going to speak publicly on. Uh, you know, I've thought about being a head coach elsewhere. Like he's not going to say that. So yeah, that's another interesting one to keep an eye on. Because I mean, you know, the Chiefs are still playing. So when they yes. stop, maybe maybe rumors arise. So yeah, we'll see. That's that's, that's the one thing that delays these these coaching hires past the next. There's still weeks four teams that are still playing. Is uh, you know, that so. that that week. A couple weeks between the um, Super Bowl and the Championship Week. I mean, that's yep. starting that's this Monday. Monday, it's a um, two weeks. I guess you know if you call it, what do they call it Black Monday when all the coaches get fired. Yep. The day after the Championship Sunday should be like Green Monday. Green Monday. <laughs> throwing that all, throwing all that money around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of the four teams left in the playoffs, whew, divisional weekend, man. They called that super wild card weekend. That was a super stinker. <laughs> it's terrible week. But this man, was a super week. Oh my! Made, made up for it. So the and first, some. the first three games all ended on t- clock expiring, game winning field goals, and then the fourth game was the best game I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, I said it. I was like, I don't know if I said top three or top five. It's probably it, it's got to be top three, considering the stakes. I yeah. felt like I was watching a Super Bowl type game of like this game is everything right now. Yes. I mean, you play that game in the regular season, you you know, you think of the past few years, um I guess the Chiefs Rams Chiefs game, Rams. that Monday night game was like a the huge deal, high yep. scoring affair, crazy mm-hmm. defensive score here and big play here. This game was in the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah. Two teams who everyone kind of felt were the best in the AFC. Kind of thought it was the the might as well say AFC championship game. Yeah, I mean if you get there you're going to you're the favorite to go to the Super Bowl the yep. week after. Mm-hmm. Regardless cuz you're going to host the game and you're going to face a team who has had a pretty good run and is hot offensively, but at the end of the day, you're you are better than them. Yes. <laughs> Straight up, there's no other way to say it. The Chiefs are a whole touchdown favorite this week. Um now See, we say that, but just a few weeks ago, yeah, Bengals beat the Chiefs. Yeah, they did. That's so, the Chiefs' only loss late in the but season. But it, it did take – it was a big blown lead in that game. And the Chiefs uh, did dominate for three quarters or so. Yeah. Bengals were home as well. You got to consider that. Now they're on the road. Uh, it's a big step up from what they faced last week as well. That makes a difference. Yes. Um, you, you don't want to get too confident beating the Titans. That's true. Yeah, you don't. You really don't. We said all year Titans are frauds, and yeah. they uh, they pretty much showed it. Let's say let's let's take a team to compare a team. Let's say a team the Bengals beat twice, right? The Steelers. The Steelers. Look what the Chiefs did to them twice within the span of a month, right? Yep. And the Steelers beat the Titans by a similar score of what you beat them last week. I get it's the playoffs. I get they had Derrick Henry at you know fifty five percent strength, but yeah, um, it's a totally different level. Listen, Burrow might come out and throw for 300. He probably will need 400 yards passing and four touchdowns, and it might be it might be the second greatest game of the playoffs <laughs> after last I, week. I would but, expect this to be a good game. So when they played in Week 17, by the way, this was uh, what f- one, one, two, three, four weeks ago when when they'll play. It'll be four weeks removed. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, Kansas City went up 14 nothing, 21-7, 28-14. It was 28-17 at the half. Then the Bengals uh, rattled off 14 unanswered, take a three-point lead uh, early in the fourth quarter. Chiefs tied up with six minutes left. And then the Bengals, uh, let's see, they were going to, there was a weird ending to that game where they uh, got a penalty and they were able to run out the rest of the clock Yeah, and uh, kick a field goal with no time left. And uh, so it was one, it was a close game. It, it felt like just, I think we we're mostly watching that on red zone, but it felt like one of those games where the Chiefs early in, you know, in the first half, it felt like. Okay, this clearly this is where the Bengals show that they aren't quite that tier yet. Yeah, and then, they, the Bengals, but then okay, they made the comeback. Yeah, the Bengals are putting up some points, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and they have you know what twenty eight was twenty eight seventeen at halftime. Uh-huh. Twenty eight points at halftime doesn't just you know doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean that's a lot of points. Chiefs scored three points in the second half. Yeah, I I, I will I guarantee would, I, you, not going to happen. The Chiefs will score more than three points in the second half on Sunday. That's my bold, bold prediction here. <laughs> Going um, out on a limb there. I mean, just, just get in the end zone once the whole half, and you 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 get, double that. But get get inside the thirty-five twice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's come on. It's gonna be a different ball game. Uh, I I wouldn't want to face the Chiefs a second time in a year. No, on the road with these stakes, a team who has. Is in this game for the fourth straight year. That game They're, was in Cincinnati, by the way. That game was in 17. Cincinnati. And it's the fourth straight year. The Chiefs are going to host it. I don't think anybody's ever hosted four straight conference championship games, um, if I recall correctly. The Patriots weren't a bunch of them straight. Yep. Uh, but they didn't host four straight at any point, I don't think. So the Chiefs are just used to this. This is how their seasons go. This is, to them, it should just be. I mean, it's not another game, but it, it's going to feel like another game because their expectation is we're going to win the Super Bowl. You're just mm-hmm. you're just a little speed bump in 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 the way to that. Uh, I assume they'll get pressure on Burrow because why wouldn't they? Yeah, he was sacked nine times. We don't we don't talk enough about that. He was sacked nine times and won the game. Yeah. Um. God, imagine if he had a good offensive line. It, they'd be unstoppable. But they probably would. To me, what I think they're going to do. It might not be the best thing to do, but I think they're going to do it. <laughs> the Chiefs' defense <laughs> I'm talking about. Uh, there were several plays last time they played. Th- third and long plays. One of them was, I believe, third and 20. Uh, it's Jamar Chase in a one-on-one situation because they blitzed for some reason. Don't know why you're blitzing a team with no line. You can rush four or five, yeah. get pressure, mm-hmm. and have plenty of men in coverage. Uh, one-on-one situation with Jamar Chase down the sideline, just, you know, easy little back shoulder, whatever. Somehow gets yards after the catch on a back shoulder throw. One of those things. Happens several times. Um, I imagine this time they're going to not blitz ever. Maybe once once in a blue moon but see defensive coordinators i think in general they like they they can't help themselves they really can't they're like i gotta blitz sometimes you know? i think they'll lay off the blitzes they'll be less aggressive i'll say overall yeah i'll say that they're gonna play a lot more coverage i think they throw a few doubles jamar chase's way yeah and they're gonna say they'll okay, take their chances with t higgins they'll and Tyler say Boyd. and listen t higgins is a great receiver yeah. i think t higgins could be a number one receiver on a lot of teams because he that man just mosses everybody He's oh incredible. i would love to have T. Higgins on the Ravens. Oh, yeah. But they're going to say, okay, Joe, we know you love Jamar Chase. Throw to T. Higgins over and over and over again. Yep. It's, he'll be there. It'll be open, and it'll work. But I 
don't think the young quarterback, if you get, he's going to have a little bit extra time because they're not pressuring quite as much. When he's going to want to go to chase, and I think he's going to force one or two to chase when he shouldn't. And I think that's going to end up being the real difference because I think he'll probably have a turnover or yeah. two, maybe that Mahomes just isn't going to have. We'll see if there's anyone that can do it in their first in their uh, first real taste of the playoffs. It's Joe Burrow, because we saw him do it in college. We saw him do it with Jamar Chase. Yeah. Now, looking back on that team, like the best offense of all time, maybe in college. And now it really makes sense now that they're all in the NFL. It's like, oh, it was Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, yeah, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense now. So, I almost want to give them less credit. I'm like, yeah, you better have blown out everybody you played and won the <laughs> right. title. Like, come on. That was cheating. But we were grown men. That's not like, you know, some good <laughs> plucky freshmen out there, some skinny Alabama wide receivers. These are all grown men going out there and playing NFL ball against – teenagers honestly <laughs> so then on the other side of things we're both going to pick the chiefs yes uh i think the bengal's can stay in this it would it would shock me if they won yes it would shock I'll me if they you, won i wouldn't even be surprised if cincinnati has a halftime lead wouldn't surprise me in the least yeah because the chiefs they they shouldn't play this way but it's almost like they know they can take a full half off Kinda. Where it's like it's like okay, we didn't play our best, and we're not going to be shaken by it whatsoever. Nope. Because if we play our best in the second half, we can not only be down by twenty at half, we could probably win by ten, which they've done in a playoff game against the Texans. They were down. Mm-hmm. They were down. They were down big. And they were down. Game. I believe twenty four nothing. Yeah. We're up twenty eight four by halftime. Twenty eight twenty four by halftime. So, um, twenty. They they subtracted lost they subtracted twenty points, points oh, from wow. the other team. Yeah. Um, but. Man, that seems like a a decade ago, but that, yep. I think that was just two years ago. Deshaun Watson's Texans. Deshaun playing. Watson playing football feels like a, dec- a decade ago, <laughs> yes. and it sh- it should it should never happen again. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> and he needs to be in jail. But anyway, the other side of this of this equation here is Forty Niners Rams. Mm. Rams pretty much dominated most of the game against the Buccaneers. Uh, you ended up being right. Uh, you, I would like I said on the show last week, you convinced me. But I decided to be different. I would go with my gut <laughs> and say Tom Brady uh, rules again and gets another lucky break, and he almost did. I would have been I would have been resoundingly correct had they just kind of got a couple first downs in the fourth quarter. You can never touch out. You can never count out touchdowns. You can't. He might be retiring now for real. It's a real possibility. This it's is the kind first of weird. I I didn't see that coming at all. I figured he's he had some gonna... very somber quotes. He's quote, he's, gonna... he's quoting Kobe Bryant. I, I mean, he's gonna play until he's fifty. But so there's that. We'll have to look forward to. And it, then it must have been the bloody lip. And then been. the Packers. Oh man, lost a game they should not have lost because of a blocked punt touchdown that made it ten to ten when they were up ten to three most of the game. Jimmy Garoppolo did not complete a pass until halfway through the second quarter. The 49ers end up winning 13 to 10, setting up another 49ers Rams game in the NFC Championship. The 49ers are what six and zero in their last six games against the Rams. Yes, they've won six. And McVeigh has never beaten Kyle Shanahan. And people were saying that he's in his head. This is the time. Is is this? I mean, it's either we're either setting up a rematch of that big Monday Night Football game a couple years if we're right about the AFC Chiefs Rams. Or we're setting up a rematch of the Super Bowl 
the last Super Bowl before the beginning of the end times, yeah. <laughs> uh, February 2020, uh, Chiefs 49ers. The 49ers who almost won that game. They, they probably should have won that they game. They had the Chiefs. The Chiefs all these past four years, the, all of the Mahomes era, have just been great. They yeah. had some kind of down moments early this season, but they've just been great ever since he got the starting job. Late in that second half, the Chiefs had 10 points. <laughs> yeah, and it was that People forget it was that. really just that big throw down the field on like third or fourth and long to Tyreek yeah. Hill that kept them alive. That yeah. it that's that's another luck factor. It's, it's that, one that's of, what it, we're that, talking about. It was a it was a screenshot moment in games. Those moments where people have yep. a down in distance, a score, a time, and they have a team in a precarious situation. Like, Guess what happened? And you look at that and you go, "Wow, there's you know, I don't even know how much time there's it was. No it chance. was a decent amount. Of, it wasn't like they came back with three minutes left, but I mean, it was it was the fourth quarter. I mean, they're down ten points and it's third and fourteen, and it's Mahomes <laughs> deep shotgun like he's just uncorking it. And you're like, okay, what's gonna happen here? One I of those mean, moments. I mean, this past Sunday. 13 seconds left on the clock to get in field goal range, and they do it in two plays because the yeah. Bills just, like, don't cover Travis Kelsey. They cover the sideline when they the Chiefs had timeouts mm-hmm. with one play. They all, all That's all they needed. That's the luck factor we're talking about. It takes a little bit of luck to to get there the whole way. Yes, and not even, not even the genius offensive scheme of the Chiefs either. It was Travis Kelsey on the sideline. They have a video of him mic'd up just being like, ah, let's see, uh, Tyreek uh, just kind of, you know, run something in the seam. He's like, okay, um, I got some outside leverage here, so next play, just throw it to me. And Mahomes goes, all right, Kelsey, be ready. All right, Kelsey, here we go. And he snaps the ball, and he's wide open, and they, they <laughs> take the timeout. It's, it's the, it was just backyard football. They made it look easy. I never As felt – do. I felt so bad for Bills fans there. I haven't felt that bad for a, a fan base in a long time, but that was gut-wrenching. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's make a pick here. 49ers-Rams. Game's in L.A., home game for the Rams. The Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorites. 6.30 on Fox on Sunday after the uh, Bengals and Chiefs play at 3 o'clock on Sunday. Rams win 29 oh. to 23. Oh. And that's your final score, and they will, for the second year in a row, the home team will host the Super Bowl. Technically AFC home team, but the Rams will host the Super Bowl. I'm going to say I'm going to say the Rams also win. I'm going to go with a little bit of a different a uh, little more uh normal score. I'm going to say 27-21. Mm. So I both. think we're bo- that was both 6. We're kind of yeah, both we're kind of we're kind of in the 20s here when by a touchdown. I think hey, it's you know what they say, hard to beat a team 3 times in one year. Hard to beat a team 7 straight times. It's hard <laughs> to beat a seven, team 7 times in a row. Yep. They yep. it's hard to uh get Listen, six straight times. Jared Goff was a lot of those times. So That's a good point. Only break. two of those have been Matthew Stafford. And the the Rams outside of one half against Tom Brady, which doesn't really count, they're on a roll. So It's true. Go Rams as always. Go Rams as usual. <laughs> we didn't even get around to the Shepherd talk, but eh, we eh, Rams Go Rams. Now they play Lock Haven Saturday. Big game coming up. They're all tired because they're playing three times a week. I think they'll win, and uh, we'll see how they go from there. Yep. Regional rankings are a joke. That's all I got to say. It's very true. Highly disputed, WSHC Shepherdstown. The voice of Shepherd University, Dylan Bishop, Ryan Stickle. Go Rams. Yeah.